Welcome to episode number 48 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined every week by Brett Colson. We give you all of the sports betting industry news and breakdowns and odds and bets. And Brett, this is a very special episode here. We are mainly going to talk about the Masters. We were able to score Pat Mayo as a guest, the one of the foremost, I would say, voices. I mean, he has really carved out a space in the not only fantasy golf, but now even golf betting as well. And I mean, I don't know if we could have gotten a better guy on for this week for the show. Yeah, he moves. He moves. It's an interesting dynamic for DFS. They call them the Pat Mayo bump because he has so many viewers of his content every week that people take what he and his his uh, his guests have to say to heart and they pick those guys and it really does change the ownership of of these players in cash games and gpps so yeah uh, a big influencer on the dfs industry for sure yeah so be sure and stick around a good 15 minutes with pat mayo on this very very busy week for him by the time you're listening to this most likely it will be right up to game time of march of the march madness final or it will be after it is over with. So not going to spend uh, really any time on that, except to say that, Brett, I am holding an eight to one Virginia ticket. So go who's is all I'm saying. I have a I have I have a nice little ticket on the on, on Virginia. Will there be any hedging uh, eight to one? You're not really looking to hedge, I guess. Right. I mean, so it's a seven hundred and fifty dollar ticket at eight to one. So I, I'm stand I stand to make sixty right. sixty seven fifty on it. So I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I was just going to let it ride. Maybe I lock in at least like breaking even right at least maybe i'll lock in just getting my money back uh i don't know yet so we yeah the good thing there is if you do hedge you get the underdog at a, at a decent money line price so yeah so we we shall see i mean maybe if anything maybe i'll just get my money back and we'll kind of go from there but uh yeah let's go uh let's go virginia i just something that the they had fallen off they were you know five and six to one for a good bit of the year and they had kind of i guess for whatever reason fallen out of favor for a little bit for the for the betting and fell down to eight to one. I just felt there was a little bit of value there. So I went and scooped it up and uh, sure enough, they were back to six to one, five to one pretty soon after that. So I, I think I got some of the best number you could get, you know, late in the game is I didn't make the bet obviously before the season started. So this was well into the season. Uh, I feel like I did pretty well there. Um, and of course they are playing Texas tech where we talked about last week. There were, there are some massive, massive futures tickets on Texas Tech, and the only update we will give you there is he did not go ahead and pawn that ticket off. He is going to go ahead and keep it and ride it out, Brett. And so I imagine there will be some hedging done on that ticket. I would think so. And it was, it's so interesting. He actually got some offers. He got an offer from Des Bryant on that ticket. I think Des offered like 50K, but the guy wanted 62.5K, decided to hold it, and uh, worked out for him. Now he's got even more equity. Yeah, so 300K to him should Texas Tech take it home on Monday and like I said, I imagine he is going to lock in a pretty nice profit regardless. Oh, yeah. So uh, there will be some hedging done with this fella for sure. All right, let's get into the Masters here, Brett. This is you and I and, of course, uh, good friend Eric Ramsey uh, will be on this uh, podcast from time to time as well. You certainly can hear him every week on the LSR podcast. Uh, our favorite time of year is just so, so amazing. The Masters and guys, you know, if you don't play Masters DFS and if you don't play, if you don't bet Masters, I really can't explain to you why you should more than just saying that you just get more bang for your buck. You're getting four days of sweat as opposed to just one night. You're there's really nothing like having, uh, especially in especially in DFS. I mean, having a shot at 
a million dollars for a $20 entry. Uh, Pat Mayo talks about a tournament that he is running. Pat Mayo will have a uh, $10 buy-in tournament with a $100,000 guaranteed prize pool. It's just, it's, it's one of the better weeks for DFS basically all year long. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. It takes a lot to move baseball off my, my main screen early in the season, but the Masters always delivers. My, my attention is always on the Masters this week. It's just it's the best in the world duking it out on this beautiful course. And like you said, with DFS and now with all the various betting markets here in the U.S., it, it makes it even more fun to dissect and break it down. And uh, yeah, Pat Mayo, a great guest to talk about all that today. Our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook sent over some information to us the most popular masters bets by tickets so this is not money uh pat actually mentions in the interview that he uh, was told that jordan spieth is actually as of early monday whenever we're taping this is drawing the most money action here but as far as tickets goes really no surprise here at the top a lot of casual betters, Brett. So Tiger Woods drawing the most tickets here. Fairly interesting. Number two is Tommy Fleetwood. Number three, Jordan Spieth, followed by Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, Roy McIlroy, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka, and Francesco Malinari. Again, this is by tickets, guys, not by money. So this could mean, and it, you know, we we have seen uh, DraftKings takes 10 cents bets. I mean, like, you know, you can literally bet a dime. So, it, you know, this could be, you know, tons and tons and tons of small bets here, not necessarily guys that are coming in with the big money. However, it does let you know kind of where the popularity is going to be, even, even though it could be, you know, a bunch of small bets. How surprised are we the Tigers number one? <laughs> zero surprise whatsoever. Yeah. Like zero. There are there there are more one dollar and under bets on Tiger. I, I don't oh, and yeah. I don't even know this for sure, but I can <laughs> guarantee you there are more one dollar and under bets on Tiger than any golfer maybe by ten x ten x the rest of the field. Every parlay this weekend is going to have Tiger uh, in there. Yeah, not even not even. Uh, I wouldn't even say that that is. I would almost say that's a certainty. <laughs> like I would say that's a certainty. I mean, 100 percent with that. Now, if you want to look at Tiger Woods and you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, there is quite literally a tab that says Tiger Specials. You can bet just on Tiger Woods and and what he's going to do in the Masters. They have Tiger Woods to make two or more eagles in the tournament. Tiger Woods to make a triple bogey or worse. Tiger Woods to make an eagle on hole 13. Tiger Woods to play in the final group in round four. So essentially he would be in the mix on day four. Tiger Woods to score 278 or lower. That would be 10 under in the tournament. Tiger Woods to score 283 or lower, which would be five under for the tournament. So tons and tons of just Tiger Woods markets, Brett. If that just lets you know, I mean, that just lets you know what Tiger brings to golf betting. Yeah, he's the draw. So, I mean, no surprise at all to see all of these you know, markets for Tiger alone. I'm actually, I thought there'd be more, but these are, these are great. They're going to probably draw a lot of uh, handle, especially from the, you know, the, the lower limit guys who uh, want some action and something to follow for the four day sweat, like you talked about. Yeah, I mean, there is just a, a, a ton of different, there are a ton of different over-unders you can even bet, you know, total birdies over-under for Tiger, total, total bogeys over-under for Tiger. So if you are a Tiger, if you feel yourself as a Tiger expert, Brett, then you can get some action down on Tiger this week. There's no doubt about it. I mean, like, if you think you know Tiger Woods golf game. I, I definitely do not. I would probably <laughs> fade. I'm not a Tiger guy, so I would probably fade all these blindly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not. The, the, the thing is, is with the no 
you're just not getting very good odds on the no with any of these yeah. with any of these props. I mean, it's a I mean, you know, will will Tiger be in the final group? The no is minus, you know, 2000. So, I mean, like it's it's a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite for him not to be there. Will he make a triple bogey? I mean, I guess that's the one you could go with. Right. I mean, if you want to fade Tiger, uh, th- will he make a triple bogeys plus 500? That would actually be really fun to shoot uh, to, to cheer for all week. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd be the only guy sitting there and like, like Tiger hits it in the woods and you're like, yes. And people are like, what's going on with you? And you're like, I need a triple bogey. All right. Like, just give me let, let him hit it. Let him hit it out of bounds. I need like two more out of bounds strokes out of this guy. So really, I kind of want to bet that now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm see, in. I'm see, in. there you go. Yeah, that's all. That's all it took right there to fade. Tiger, will he have a triple bogey or not? Now, FanDuel sent over some information as well on the Masters. 10% of all bets to win the Masters outright are on Tiger Woods. 8.5% of all bets to win the Masters are on Rory McIlroy. And then again, that Tommy Fleetwood name. This kind of lets you know people have been paying attention Brett, a little bit earlier than normal, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel Sportsbooks put out at least the outright winner odds a long time ago. Of course, all these props and everything just coming on in the last few days here. And of course, Tommy Fleetwood was playing very, very well to start off the season was certainly on the TV. And I imagine that drew a lot of early money on him. Yeah, it's interesting with so many Europeans playing well right now, too. I mean, you got Molinari, who's on fire. Rory's is just placing top five every week and you've got all this money coming in on Fleetwood his his odds haven't really moved all that much either I think he's around 30 to 1 right now across most of the sites and that's that's where they opened they, they haven't moved a whole, a whole lot over the past week so um That'll be interesting to watch here in the in the next couple of days to see if uh, he has any movement over at FanDuel Sportsbook. They are their biggest liabilities. So that means if you are unfamiliar with just the terms means if either of any of these three guys win, they are not going to be too incredibly happy about it. Kevin Kisner, Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Finau, as we sit here on Monday, the biggest liabilities for FanDuel Sportsbook. So FanDuel will be a big, a big fan of Tony Finau, Tommy Fleetwood and Kevin Kisner hitting it in the woods and hitting the water off. Well, Kisner's not going to hit it in the woods. The thing with him is he's not going to hit it very far. So, I mean, Pat Mayo talks about this quite a bit uh, in the interview later, but Kevin Kisner's not going to win this. We have the promotions, as always, that we like to talk about on here. If you do want to get to if you want to get to betting here, uh, tournament winner outright at DraftKings Sportsbook, one of the promotions they are going to be running is if you place a bet on the tournament winner pre-event you will actually get your money back if they finish second or third and that actually includes ties as well so pretty awesome promotion from that aspect there of course they're going to have some odds boosts on tiger woods there's imagine i imagine there will be several things on tiger woods between now and thursday so you can kind of keep your eye open there and then there's a leader after first round uh bonus as well place at least a 25 dollar on a player to be leading after the first round to get two extra dollars for every birdie or eagle that they get in round one so again just other ways to sweat you and i have talked about this from time to time that uh, on this podcast that i like the fact that they're just kind of giving you extra ways to enjoy your betting experience on golf and i listen for someone who's never bet golf before I think it's very important to kind of give them a an extra reason to get involved with it. And, and something like that, I think, is a, a really cool promotion. Yeah, you're keeping them engaged for the entire first round mm-hmm. and you're keeping them on the app and clicking around and seeing what else is there. And that's I mean, there, there's really no better way to, to get the customer and just and retain the customer after that. So I, I love these. Uh, they really they really capture uh, the new the new better. Our friends over at BetStars, if they if you want to bet over there on there they have a very nice slick app as well if you guys again uh 
Playpicks.com forward slash bonus has every one of our sportsbook offers on that page, and you will be able to take advantage of the very best sign-up offers in all of the industry. They have a 100-to-1 super boost on Tiger Woods Futures. It's a $10 max bet, but still, you are getting 100-to-1 on Tiger to win the tournament. So again, we are sticking with this whole Tiger Woods theme here, but listen, they understand what where the business comes. They understand what draws in the people, and hey, Put ten bucks on Tiger. I mean, this is a this is like a no brainer right here. Even, even even if you think Tiger has no shot, you just go put ten dollars. You're getting a a massive massive boost here. Even if you hear that he's going to withdraw, still bet the <laughs> right right right. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a hundred to one here. I mean, this is this is exactly what we look for here as gamblers, right? I mean, we look for these things where we have a little bit of an edge over the the casino of the sports book in this case the casino sometimes as well but you know this is a hundred to one super boost on tiger woods like we're talking about i mean if you want to bet tiger woods to win the tournament outright i mean you're looking at a guy that's, that's sitting at 14 15 16 to one at most places for him to win the thing outright and they're going to give you a hundred to one yeah and if you want to bet more than ten dollars the best stars is giving you a boost to 20 to one on anything above ten dollars so i mean you're getting tiger at 20 to one there where at DraftKings he is 14 fanduel 16 as of monday morning so if you want to bet tiger outright bet stars is the place to go yeah again right now. this is this is a no-brainer seriously it's a no-brainer even if you think tiger has no shot uh, i mean you're getting just such a massive plus ev here that you just you, you have to make that bet so go do that and again playpicks.com forward slash bonus and uh, every one of our signup offers all on one page so you can take a look at everything we have to offer there as we mentioned we will take no more time before getting to pat mayo here a uh, very 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 awesome conversation with him about the masters so uh, here's our conversation with pat Now joining us on this Masters Week, we could not, Brett, we could not have gotten a better guest than one Pat Mayo. If you want to find him on Twitter, it is at the PME. He is a DraftKings contributor, host of the Pat Mayo Experience, and also Board of Governors at FantasyNational.com. And that is just one of at least 10 things that you do, Pat Mayo. Thank you for being here with us, man. Yeah, you can catch me in Golf Digest, too. I mean, I suppose for Masters Week, I probably should have said that one, shouldn't I? I mean, that is a that's a pretty big one. That's a that's a pretty big one. You, sir, are what they call important. No, that, that is absolutely not true. It's the fact that I'll work for so cheap that I get all these jobs. <laughs> Listen, uh, Brett and I were talking offline and we were saying that you might dictate ownership in fantasy golf more than anybody out there. I mean, with the amount of content that you put out and how basically you have become kind of the voice of, you know, fantasy, definitely DFS golf. I mean, you, you might be the guy that's moving the moving the ownership projections out there, my friend. Oh, you know what? You're right. People get the mayo bump from the show, the players. Unfortunately, like I'm terrible at picks. So <laughs> if I'm recommending someone, don't take that person. It's always best to just go like if you look at the DraftKings pricing, if I'm big on like, let's say, Patrick Cantlay this week, which I am, you might as well go, go like down 100 bucks to Henrik Stenson. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, let me just start things off here. And before we get into specific fantasy and, and betting stuff, uh, let's just talk about just Augusta in general. What kind of skill set are you looking for in a golf? when you are talking about someone who is about to take on Augusta? Uh, I want someone who's big off the tee, to be perfectly honest with you. We've seen that's the one stat that correlates year after year after year. And that doesn't necessarily mean Bomber. Bomber would be preferable. We, we've seen Adam Scott, Sergio, Bubba Watson all claim victory here. But even Patrick Reed last season, his baseline for strokes gained off the tee is very, very, very low. It's like... 
field average, maybe slightly above. Only six times in his career has he ever gained more than three strokes off the tee in a single event. Last year at the Masters, he gained 3.7 off the tee. Couple that with some hot putting. Putting incredibly difficult to predict, so most of the time you don't even bother with it. But you want guys that are going to put themselves in easier positions off the tee. There's no rough here, so it doesn't mean you can't be in the pine straw. We've seen Phil win from the pine straw, but you have to get it out to the right position. And that's where course history comes into play. I'm, I'm tentative to bring up course history because it doesn't really correlate all that much. It's kind of a narrative. It's fool's goal. But at Augusta in particular, it does have a correlation to like a three factor of any other course that the players are going to see on tour. There's weird hills. There's weird undulations, elevation changes, the speed of the greens, knowing where to place the ball to know what tier to get the ball onto is such valuable information at Augusta. So when you see these guys have time after time after time, tee it up in the Masters, they have an advantage. So guys that are big off the tee and guys that have played this course before are the two main things that I'm looking at. All right. So you, you just mentioned some bombers. There's six players coming in at $10,000 or more on DraftKings right now. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, uh, Dustin Johnson, Rory. How many of these guys, if any, are you going to be paying up for when you're building a DraftKings lineup this week? Uh, I'm playing a whole bunch in the Millie Maker, and I also have the Pat Mayo Experience Open, which is actually the best tournament on DraftKings if you actually want to get in one. So you have to like watch or listen to my show or just kind of click on it, and you can find out where to find the link. It's in that show. It's only 10 bucks to enter, 100K guaranteed, no rake. No whenever rake. You got, whenever you got no rake, you're, you're doing pretty good. So that's a tournament that everyone should go be in along with the millionaire maker. So I'm playing like 25 lineups in the Millie maker. Uh, my tournament's only three max. So if you only want to put in one, you're not at a huge disadvantage where in the millionaire maker, you, you kind of are, you can win with a single bullet. We've seen it happen, but the more entries that you get in the larger, your player pool, the more exposure that you can have in the different permutations of lineups, you're going to be a lot better. But for me, I'm going dust and I'm going ROM. If I talk about guys that have played this course before, have had success at this course before and who are excellent off the tee, that narrows it down to three from that top six it's rory it's dustin and it's john rom rose woods and justin thomas all excellent plays but you can't just take everyone so you have to nitpick a little bit uh, i just think rory is going to be super highly owned so it comes down to the decision if i'm going to pay up at the very top is it going to be for rory or is it going to be for dustin johnson some of the best ways to track this is you, know, you look at the recent form coming in dustin has very similar recent form to rory coming in but the moments for rory winning the players is a big deal and people saw it people also tuned in to watch his matchup with tiger at the wgc match play dustin couldn't escape his pod match play is stupid it has no real relevancy as it pertains to the masters but in people's mind it does and i just got a note shot over to me from dk sportsbook and we look at the betting odds of where the money is coming in this far and if you track the money you can probably find where that ownership is going to fall and the most bet on golfer of the week is still jordan speed at 20 to 1 20 percent of the money is going towards him after that it's tiger it's ricky it's rory so ricky and rory and tiger from the top end are going to be the highest owned all just take just Dustin at half the ownership of Rory with exactly the same skill set and exactly the same recent form and in exactly the same course history at Augusta. He is just the all around best player. And if there's going to be wind or cold or weather or whatever it might be, Dustin is far more capable of performing in the elements than Rory. Rory needs pristine conditions. That's how he wins. If anything gets turned up on the wind meter to like 20 miles per hour, he's going to struggle. Dustin won't. T to green, he is immaculate. In conditions, he's immaculate. He just needs to make a putt, which 
has really been a problem recently. So we just mentioned the guys at the very top right there. And you mentioned Jordan Spieth getting a lot of money coming in on him. Who are some of the name brand guys that you're looking to fade or at least be kind of well under the field? Of course, we've got the Ricky Fowlers, the Jason Days, Jordan Spieth, you know, the guys that that they're name brand guys out there. Are, Are any of those guys guys that you're just not going to have exposure to? Yeah, I'll have no Rory, I'll have no Tiger, I'll have no Ricky. And then I'm going to figure out the rest of my lineups from there. You have to make a concrete decision at the top. If you start playing everyone, you rake yourself. So even if you're in my contest where there is no rake and you just play 18 different guys across three lineups, you have effectively raked yourself. The whole point of this, if you're going to play multiple lineups, is condense your core, have trust that those guys are going to come through so you can have every different combination or as many different combinations as possible that if those guys do perform you are going to hit so you can't just have 20 percent rory and 20 percent dustin it doesn't work like that you can do it and you're going to lose maybe you get lucky maybe it's not optimal though so you really need to condense it so for me like i said dustin and rom are where i'm going to be heavy still haven't my, made my mind up yet between rose and justin thomas both those guys are kind of rose never flies under the radar at the masters but where tiger is priced right next to him and rory is up there as well and ricky is right below i could see his ownership coming in a bit lower than maybe we expect all right so let's move over to uh the, the betting side of things uh, and looking at some of these outright odds obviously you know rory a favorite at plus 700 we got dustin johnson at 15 to 2 plus 750 on DraftKings. are you Finding yourself betting the heavy favorites here. I mean, I know you like to look at long shots, especially like months in advance of the Masters. Uh, the Danny Willett story, obviously, you and Jeff uh, Feinberg hit that one way before the Masters started uh, years ago. But um, are, are you looking at any of the guys in the like 20 to 50 range uh, for this year? Well, normally, I think you kind of hit on it. I generally play these mid-range and I play long shots. Every once in a while, I'll go to the top of the board if I have a good feeling, but then you have to allocate your money in a certain way that if I bet Rory, then I don't get exposure to the guys in the 20s because that makes no sense. Just It's like raking yourself in the DraftKings lineup. If you just bet everyone at the top, what realistically going to be your return? You're trying to win here. Right. So Dust, I actually have faith in Dustin at the top. I mean, 750, sorry DraftKings, it's a bit of a short number. You can get him at 10 to 1 at most places, 11 to 1, 12 to 1, and we'll see the drift because he's not that popular. So if you can get him at 10 to 1, I do like that. So my decision right now kind of comes on to what do I want to do with that second level? Do I want to bet Dustin and then have none of the guys in the 20s? Or do I look at Rom, who's lurking around like 16, 18, 20? We'll see how popular he is. I like Mawanari at 22 or 25, depending on where you're at. And Bryson has gotten the drift. He at one point climbed up to 16 to 1. He's as low as 35 to 1 in some spots. So those are the four guys that I'm really honing in on that I need to figure out how to diversify myself and what the best combination of those guys for a betting card looks like. Cause deeper, I jumped on Poulter like two months ago. You can get him at 125 to one. I got Siwoo came at 150 to one. I really like JB Holmes for this event. Like he's an absolute gas can. He might come last, but he does have winning upside and he fits that skill set that I talked about. One of the corollary courses majorly to look at uh, with a lot of crossover success between Augusta is Riviera, the Genesis Open. I mean, J.B. Holmes just won that over the past 24 rounds played at Riviera. J.B. Holmes is inside the top 10 of strokes gained overall. Dustin Johnson, actually number one. The next three guys on that list, all Masters winners. Bubba, Phil, Adam Scott. Then Rory is fifth, who's you know not too shabby at the Masters himself. So I like J.B. Holmes as a long shot, but it's that middle tier. It's tough because the numbers are all over the place. The only one I'm really committed to right now is Patrick Cantlay at 80. 
So with you mentioned Cantley, and that's kind of leads me to the the next question here. People might not know if you're not a big golf better, you don't know that you can make you know these top twenty bets, and they just have to finish in the top twenty within the tournament. Is there any name way off the radar here that you think could at least make a miniature run here? Maybe not get across the finish line, but you would look at to maybe even place like a top twenty bet on. Yeah, I, I think JB Holmes falls into that category as well. Like, yeah, I'm in Canada, and if you're Canadian or if you are a European better, you have access to each way betting. So with Holmes, I put a bet on him to win at 150, but I also get if he comes inside the top eight, I get one fifth of that payout as well. So that's a nice way to play it. I do like him top 20. I think Charles Howell the third is just always a good top 20 bet. He so rarely gets to play in the Masters, but he finally won for the first time in a decade. So here he is in his hometown. He gets to play, perform really well the last time he showed up in 2012 that he's just a top 20 machine and he does have kind of the skill set here another guy who's won at Riviera in the past that he's down at 125 to one outright I don't know if I like that so much but like four to one top 20 it's a good number because there's only 87 guys in this field and 20 of them are absolute trash what are your thoughts on some of these older guys who have so much history don't on this it. course? Don't, don't say, all right. Well, what about what about a guy like Bernhard Longer? Tell me what, why. What, what, bet. What, what, what? Why? Why should you not bet Bernhard, sixty-year-old Bernhard Langer? <laughs> well, I was, I was going to ask about a top twenty. Why not? Why not? Why not Bernhard for a top twenty at twenty-two to one or a top ten at twenty-two to one? So top ten, he's finished inside the top ten once in the past twenty-five years, I think. <laughs> he, it, it, like with a lot of these guys, the weather report does mean a lot, and we're not going to really be able to establish that until Wednesday, and even then we might be off because it's the weather. The last time that Bernhard Langer was in contention and he held the lead was, I believe it was the Danny Willett year when we had all the crazy weather. So we had the Danny Willett year, he won at minus five. We had the Zach Johnson year in 2009, he won at plus one. Extreme win, extreme coldness those years. And then those guys are more alive than they are most years. But the weather doesn't seem like it's going to be all that bad this season. It looks like there's going to be a bit of dampness, meaning you need guys that could win this at like minus 15, minus 16. Sorry, Bernhard. It's not going to work. Out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've we've gone over DFS strategy. We've gone over some of the long shots here. But I mean, let's 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 put all of the strategy and everything aside and just put your feet to the fire. Who's going to win this damn thing? Dustin Johnson. <laughs> I like it. You're like, yeah, you know, I mean, the strategy when it comes to but Dustin Johnson's going to win the damn thing. That's just that's just all there is to it. Yeah. You, 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 no one wants to have a fence sitter. That's the one thing that I hate right. about when I hear people talking about either whether it's gambling, whether it's DraftKings. And I get it. You want to talk through everyone. I have three shows up right now. I think we've talked about everyone in the field <laughs> and you can make and it's golf. Like these right. guys like D Dustin Johnson is a favorite with Rory. They're like seven to one, eight to one. Like that's still you know, unlikely to happen. It's an eight to one bet. And these guys are the absolute favorites. So you can make a case for and a case against almost every single player on the field. But when it comes down to it and you get your money in, you better have a good idea of who you want. I do like Dustin here, but it's the odds from a gambling perspective that make me kind of hesitant because you still have to play value as it pertains to betting with DraftKings, You need to have the winner and the millionaire maker. That's absolutely true. And you talk about these old guys, don't play any of the old guys. Don't play any of the amateurs and don't play anyone you don't think has a chance of winning because you only get six spots in a DraftKings lineup and you need is you need the winner. You need the guy in second. You need the guy in third. If you have any realistic chance of winning. So if you waste it on like a Bernhard Langer, yeah, maybe he might come T 11 and maybe he could be in the winning lineup. But that is his like optimal outcome. He has no chance at winning. So if you're just going to waste one of your roster spots on a guy who can't win, it feels like you're doing yourself a disservice. All right. Like we said, we can see your stuff at DraftKings and you have tons of, uh, of content. But tell us a little bit about Fantasy National. 
Uh, Fantasy National is what I use to do all of my research. It is the premier stats and tool site on the internet. You will not show up to fantasynational.com and become a member and find anyone making your picks for you. No one's selling you picks. There are no picks on the site. What Fantasy National offers is a lineup generator for all DFS sites, ownership projections, uh, a rolling stat base, a very easy-to-use customizable stat model. So if you think, hey, Pat, you're a moron. You never pick right anyway. I think that off the tee is stupid. I'm all about approach and putting. You can wait that in a very easy-to-use model with the sliding scale and see what that pumps out for you. It has historical data. It has recent form, all the strokes game metrics you can ever have, and it has a tournament simulator. So, I mean, I'll give away some of the pie right here and just see who the simulator is liking. It actually shows you it's really good for gambling odds, only because it shows you what a realistic probability that people have to win actually is versus what their current odds are. So if we look at the Masters uh, and we see someone like Dustin Johnson, so he if we run it a whole bunch of times, Dustin Johnson rates out as the highest probability of winning and it puts him at around 13 to one would be his simulator odds to win. That's probably going to be his best case scenario. That's the best guy in the field. So realistically, if you do bet Dustin Johnson, which I still may do, it's a minus EV bet because he doesn't win that many. He doesn't win 10 out of every He doesn't win one in 10 times. He wins one in 13 times. So you're losing value at that end. So it's just a nice different way. It's all the information that you can gather in one spot. It makes everything super efficient. It's clean and it helps you do your research and really crack down and make you a better gambler and make you a better DFS player when it's all said and done. Yeah, great, great tools over there. Again, DraftKings contributor, host of the Pat Mayo Experience, Board of Governors at Fantasy National. If you want to find him on the Twitter machine, an excellent, excellent follow. Please do that at the PME. Pat Mayo, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it thanks for having me on brett this was a very 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 good score for us because as he told us just right after we got off uh, talking with him he's done about 157 podcasts already this week so for us to get some of his time this week is uh is, is a pretty good get yeah he is i mean there really is nobody better to talk to masters week because this is what i mean this is what he lives for this is what he does he just he looks forward to these these tournaments every single year this tournament every single year so uh, great to get some insight from him uh, talking about betting and dfs so you play a lot of dfs golf um and he talks some strategy obviously in in that interview as, as well but you know you and i have, have certainly uh, gone around the block a time or two with, with all of these things so i think it's worth us kind of throwing in a couple of things here and there as well. When you are constructing a lineup, and let's say, uh, let's say that we're talking DraftKings in, in particular here specifically, I think it is worth note. It is worth noting if you are entering a massive field tournament such as the Millionaire Maker, you are, and this is more than guys. We've talked about this on this podcast before, but this is really and truly like more important than ever. You just cannot have a chalky lineup, Brett, and expect to have any sort of ROI on in like the millionaire maker type tournament. Now it differs whenever you get into different types of tournaments, but I mean, we've seen this time and time and time again, the guys that are winning these tournaments, you really do kind of have to go off the board and hit on a guy that, that, you know, is five sub 5% ownership really to, to have a chance. Yeah. Look, if you feel strongly about a guy who's going to be chalk, like a Rory or a Dustin Johnson, if you feel like they're going to win, pick them to win. Yes. Like, yes. Cause you, you have to, to have roster. the winner. Yeah. Cause you have you to have, have to. the winner. Yeah. You have but, to have the winner. Golf is such a volatile game that I, you can go out and find some of these guys who aren't going to be owned and fill your, out, fill your roster out with those guys around your your core one or two players at the top. So, I mean, that that's really how I go about it. And he, I love what he talked about as far as grabbing guys who aren't 
getting any money coming in uh, as far as like the betting. Like nobody's nobody's betting Bryson this week. His odds have dropped from 16 to 33, I think. Bryson's a guy I'm going to be looking at because I feel like he's a guy who could win this tournament if, if he's going to be 5 to you know 8% owned in a DFS contest. That's the kind of guy I want on my roster. Another one's Patrick Reed. Like nobody's looking at Patrick Reed right now. And no, he's not. He's not in great form, but his odds have dropped from like 33 to 1 to 70 to 1. And this is the defending champion. So, you know, he caught fire in a bottle last week, but um, what, like, or last year, but like, why, why can't that happen again? I feel like he's good. He's a good enough player to where, you know, at his price and nobody's, nobody's rostering him. Like, why not? And again, just to speak about volatility in golf, I mean, you can look no further than just this past weekend, the, the Valero Texas Open. Corey Connors, and if you've never heard of Corey Connors, I don't blame you. I, I understand that you didn't hear Corey Connors, but Corey Connors actually qualified on Monday to get into the tournament, and then he went on to win that tournament. Now, he played out of his mind, played absolutely excellent, but the thing was is he was able to get hot, stay hot. He had some names. I mean, there were some real there were some real uh, you know names in golf in this tournament that were not able to run him down, and he was able to get away from some of these guys that we've seen win on tour multiple on multiple occasions and this is just kind of the nature of golf if you can if you can ride a hot streak for four straight days you can win a tournament and so yeah I uh, Pat said he liked Dustin Johnson to win the tournament I think Dustin Johnson obviously is a great bet to win this tournament however you can put Dustin Johnson on your team along with some of these guys that are that are in that kind of lower to mid tier and if they are able to catch fire uh, you could you could find yourself with a, a really nice payday yeah, he mentioned Patrick Cantley too. That's another good one. Cantley opened it like forty-five to one. He's dropped all the way eighty to one because nobody, nobody's betting this guy. So you know, these are the guys I kind of look at—the really good golfers who aren't getting the attention from the community. And and, and watching Pat's content uh, really helps with that to get an idea of what people are looking at. One of the ways, and guys, you can go and check out on thelines.com. We have a master's page up over there. We also have a video on said page where I kind of run through the different types of bets. And if you are unfamiliar with how to bet golf, uh, it's all laid out right there on the screen for you. But one of the things as well uh, we should mention before we get uh, get out of here, Brett, uh, well, before we end talking about golf, we're going to talk about action here for a second as well. But uh, before we finish talking about golf, just the other ways you can bet other than just the props that we mentioned uh, another very popular bet is a head-to-head bet, and then the other popular bet is a group bet. And if you're if you're unfamiliar with those, again, it's in the video, but you can bet just a golfer against another golfer. So neither guy has to win. Actually, neither guy never has to finish in the top 10, 15, 20. It just is that guy against the other guy. And it's the same thing as in a, in a group bet. There'll be a group of five, and you are basically just picking a guy to beat the other four guys. So you do not have to worry about the guy winning to finish in the top five, top 10, top 20, anything like that. You just need your guy to beat the other four guys within that group and so again other ways to bet to where if you're not quite uh down with with betting the outrights and i can understand that because there's really only one outcome that can help you there and that's the guy winning you can bet these other ways and it's just a a one golfer against another golfer or one golfer against four other golfers and you have a nice sweat that way as well yeah if you like a guy like sergio or a webb simpson to win uh you can still you know Put some money in, in, in some of these other bets, and you can still make money even if they don't win. So, I mean, you can have a, a, a strong lean or you, know, you feel strongly about one guy 
Uh, even if he doesn't win, you can still make some money on him. And and it's just, you know, no, another way to get a sweat out of it. Yeah, I just I do definitely like whenever you're able to go in and do the the groupings and, and things like that. I mean, listen, it is uh, I we've talked before. We like the long shot kind of outright bets. But I mean, I will I will bet a Dustin, you know, I'll, I'll play chalk as hell in these group bets because yeah. it's kind of it's almost like playing a uh, it's almost like playing a, a cash game when it comes to DFS. You know, I mean, you're 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 looking at this and you're saying, OK, yeah, it's Dustin Johnson against all the other best guys in the world. However, Dustin Johnson is better than than everybody else most of the time. And so I just play it essentially like a cash game. And uh, I, that's kind of how I like to grind those. So I've never bet one of these group bets before. Is this for the entire tournament or is this yeah. just for one round? Yeah, for the entire tournament. So okay, you are just yeah, you're gonna you're gonna want to chalk most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're just wanting you're just wanting a guy who is going to finish better than the other four guys in there. And so uh, think about that whenever you're making those bets as well. There is a the the B group is pretty interesting to me here because you have Justin Thomas, Tommy Fleetwood, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, and Francesco Molinari. And when you kind of look at this group here. You know, one of the things that that we've been talking about is Justin Thomas really checks all the boxes, right, as far as the guys that we're looking at here. And I understand that maybe his form isn't really the best right now heading into this tournament. And, and Molinari certainly has been a little bit more consistent here. But when we're talking about, hey, I just need Justin Thomas versus these four other guys, I'm probably going to take Justin Thomas, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. Yeah, that's totally fair. And you're going to get pretty good odds on him right now, probably. And then. He fits this course well. He bombs it. He's he's great, uh, you know, around the around the greens. So I mean, that's I don't hate that at all. All right. So to close things out here, we've been talking about action on the podcast here. Of course, that is the Showtime series where they are taking a look at the sports betting industry. Kind of ish, I guess, uh, Brett, kind of ish as our review of the first couple of episodes was that it was a little heavy on kind of almost the promotion of touts and tout uh, and and by de facto tout sites because it was showing them, uh, you know, doing videos and doing radio hits and stuff for their site. So essentially it was commercial for what they were selling and things like that. You know, I'm not, I wasn't too happy with that really, but episode three shifted a little bit. And what we saw was uh, DFS added into the fold here. And of course you and I, Play DFS, and we are perfectly fine with calling DFS skill-based gambling. I mean, I think that if you try and say there's no skill involved, you're an idiot. And I also think that if you try to say there's no gambling involved, then you're an idiot as well. And I think that you can easily say that it is skill-based gambling. Why are we? I mean, why is this still a conversation? How are there people out there that don't see this as gambling when all along, since it was first it's invented and brought into our lives it's always been gambling right it, the thing is is i think that people get so people get so bent out of shape because th- they think when you hear the word gambling that you instantly go to you put it on the same levels roulette right where there's absolutely no skill involved right, yeah. and you're just sticking a you're just sticking some money on a red or black or on a number out there and praying well that is not the case if you do that in dfs you will lose and you will lose your ass and you will lose your money quick and you'll go broke but um it's still gambling because it's like it, poker Right. Poker is gambling. So is DFS. It's skill based gambling, right? It's, I, I, th- I don't understand why we can't adopt just skill based gambling as a term here, because there is outright gambling like we just mentioned with roulette. But then there's also skill based gambling, where if you do not do your research, if you do not if you do not learn the dynamics, I mean, you and I can sit down and in any on any given occasion, despite the fact that you and I have played thousands of hours of poker and have done thousands of hours of research in DFS on any given day. 
we can lose to someone who has never played poker before in their life or has never played DFS before in their life. And that is the gambling aspect that comes into it. But over the long term, if you and I sit down and play that same person in DFS every day for a month or every day in poker for a month, we are going to beat that person because there is a skill element that comes down to it. But on any given day, they can you can definitely beat me. You could definitely beat Brett. You could definitely beat a Pat Mayo or a, any of these guys. I mean, even on the action show when you're sitting there. I think the one thing that they did that was kind of well that they did well in that episode was showing. I mean, if you guys don't know about the the guy that they featured there, uh, he goes by Big Papa Gates on on base. I think both of the sites. He has a brother that also goes by Chipotle Addict on both sites, and they are crushers. I mean, these guys absolutely dominate the lobbies they dominate a lot of contests and things like that but they did show the aspect of you know yeah it seems like these guys win tons and tons of money but I thought he was very open and very forthright by saying you know I lose more than I win I'm just trying to when I do win I'm trying to maximize that win and then it makes up for all the other losses yeah I enjoyed this episode a lot more than the first two because we got a look at the process of some of these sharp guys like the DFS player they they featured here uh, and the highs and the lows that go along with sports betting and DFS is not all glamour. And I'm glad the producers finally gave us a look inside, you know, some of the slumps of the best and how even those guys are affected by losing. Um, and I thought the first half of this episode was fantastic because there was no Vegas Dave, but that uh, – that ended when he made an appearance about halfway through the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. One thing they did highlight as well, which I thought they did well in this episode, I think episode three was 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 well done pretty much coast to coast, yeah, it was. Um, is they brought up the Todd Gurley play. This was something that if you guys uh, follow gambling Twitter, follow DFS Twitter, was a huge, huge, huge thing. And I'm glad they brought that up because it is an element that comes into sports betting and DFS that is completely out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. And... It is just something that's going to come along with the territory. And there were people jumping up and down about this, Brett. I know that you saw it as well. People just screaming bloody murder that Todd Gurley, who could have rushed in for a touchdown at the end of a game, decided to go ahead, take a knee. It was the correct football play. It preserved their victory by by not giving the ball back to the other team. And everybody lost their mind about it. And I think that maybe you and I are just... Maybe we've done this for so long and maybe this is something that we're just so incredibly used to. But that did not affect me in the least bit because that he did what he was supposed to do. That was a good sports play that comes along with gambling on sports. And it was just like, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that like the 2004 version of me would have lost his mind over. I think that's when Brian Westbrook did the same thing for the Eagles, like 2004, 2005. And I was so pissed. <laughs> but 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 now, you know, we, we've been doing this for so long and we understand like this is what he's supposed to be doing. You, you can't get angry about these things. If you're going get, to get angry about anything, it's the guy who scores the touchdown when he's not supposed to. Right. Then get angry. Right. If it, it costs you a bet. It, and, and like you're looking, you're looking and they, they showed some different clips of, of radio interviews or radio guys, I guess, who were saying like, you, you affected my fantasy team. So, you know, you're an asshole or whatever it was or something. And it's just kind of you look at it and you go, bro, I mean, this is if you look at it from that lens and, and Gil Alexander, you know, been on been on the podcast with us here a good friend of ours but you know he even said he's like you know the thing is is there is 
some of these guys that have a sickness to where they only look through things through the lens of their bet or their team or their whatever and stuff like that. And man, that is just you know, like you said, I think a younger, maybe more naive, stupider version of me would have <laughs> would have looked at looked at things that way. But when Todd Gurley fell down and I realized that that preserved and there was absolutely no way that his team could lose after that, then I'm like, hey, man. Smart play, good on you. Even if that did, and I actually, I actually in that game, I did have the the over in that game, and that that kept the over from hitting. But I'm not going like, to. You can't get mad. No, I'm not going to blame can't. Todd Gurley for 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 doing what is right yeah. for his team. I mean, good 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 on him. But that was interesting. They brought that up, and that was certainly a play that kind of rocked uh, the the gambling and DFS world as well. And then, as you mentioned. They go into Vegas, Dave, again, and, you know, you and I, we talked about last week, and there were some people who were telling me that, oh, they finally exposed Vegas, Dave, and I did not think last week exposed Vegas, Dave, as much as this week did, where they showed him basically explaining that he had his lock for the Super Bowl, and then, oh, okay, there was injury, so I'm going to pick a second team for the Super Bowl. Okay, that's not going to work out because the Steelers didn't even make the friggin' playoffs, so, oh, I'm going to have a third team that's going to win the Super Bowl here, and they're a lock to win and blah 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 lock this lock that and it shows him you know snake oil sale salesman thing going on with his instagram and what whatever blah 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 and as we sit there and document the patriots going in and knocking off the chargers who were his not his first not his second but his (laughs) third pick that were the lock to win the super bowl i think this finally kind of started to expose him for what he is yeah, the, the, the episode closes with a defeated Vegas Dave shutting off the TV after getting walloped. Uh, and it was it was the chalk well play. I mean, I remember that very vividly. We were talking about it. Uh, we were in New Jersey when that game happened, that the Chargers were the, the chalk play of the day. And no surprise that, that Davis was giving uh, uh, Dave was giving that away as his uh, as his well play. But, man, such a fraud, this guy. I mean, if that didn't kind of expose you guys to what's actually going on here then I don't really know I don't really know what to say past that I mean it's a guy that you know he goes out and he gives a lock and as long as that lock play like survives then he makes money well that one goes down the toilet then he puts another one out there and then that one goes down the toilet and then he puts a third one out there and if he were to luck into you know the 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 Chargers winning then he would have sat there and jumped up and down and said whatever you know one of the things that's very well known around Vegas here is you know he sits there and he touts himself on these futures bets that he's made on some of these long shots that have won what he doesn't say in those interviews where he's jumping up and down and patting himself on the back for for picking some of these long is he had 10 other futures bets as well so it's not like this was the only futures bet he made he picked a third of the league to win right i mean so he had a 33 percent chance for one of these teams to come through for him so that that was a that's a well-known thing around vegas here but he's certainly not going to say oh yeah that one came through i did have 11 others but i mean that that's again it's just all these things that I think that they if they would have maybe got someone to talk a little bit more about what they do know from that aspect of things. I think that maybe there would be a little bit more transparency here, but at least they did get a little bit of exposure going on. With yeah, them. and that's what we were hoping for coming into this episode. Uh, they teased it a little bit last week and uh, I'm happy they came through. I'm excited to see uh, how this thing closes and uh, if they can do a little more exposing of this guy. But uh, well done to, to the action guys this week. So fi- episode four will be next week, guys. And apparently that is the uh, at least the end of this first season. I don't know if they're going to do a second season or what, but uh, the, it, episode four is next week. They kind of close things out here. Uh, Brett, with like a human element, there was a guy that they followed all three episodes and he claims himself to be a casual better yet. He seems to be in the 
in the sports book at all times. So, I mean, I, at that point, I don't really know how you can consider yourself a casual better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, you know, he talks about the they, they introduce us to a female friend of his, not a girlfriend or anything, just actual friend of his that's a female. And, you know, it kind of gets to the point to where and you and I have seen this specifically more in the poker world. But I guess it's probably similar in the sports betting world is. If you do this and it's and that kind of becomes who you are and that defines you and that is your lifestyle, that it can lead to a pretty lonely existence. And she kind of takes us down that road a little bit. I mean, it didn't get too incredibly deep, but certainly to a point where you can start to feel that human element of, of, of things as well, where, you know, if you are spending all your time either researching or in a sports book or in a whatever that you, you know, you find yourself being unhealthy, you find yourself not having you know relationships outside of the people that you know at these places and it's real hard it's real easy to start to feel lonely and and things like that and uh that started to kind of creep into the episode as well especially when things aren't going well and that was kind of the theme there with uh with dave at the end too talking about his loneliness and you know his inability to find a girl or and i'm I'm not sure exactly what he was talking about there is he I don't know, but it was, you know, it, it definitely is eye opening. I mean, these 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 are real people and betting can have a really negative effect on your lifestyle. And that was it, it's it's scary because, I mean, it, like gambling addiction is real and you worry about that with a lot of these guys who do consider themselves casual bettors. But I, I think are lying to themselves in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I, I think that there is I think they balanced it at least a little bit by showing uh, Kelly with her boyfriend and saying, you know, oh yeah, we, we have a healthy relationship and whatever. And, you know, like he understands what I do and she, and she understands what I do and blah, blah, right. blah. And I think that was good. I think like it would be good to, I mean, they don't, I, I, maybe I'm biased here because he is a friend, but I feel like I would like to see more Gil on the show yeah. because he's another well-adjusted guy that like, I think they could sit down and he could say, Oh, yeah, you know, I I bet within my bankroll and I have a healthy relationship and I'm a normal, well-adjusted dude. Like, I, you know, I mean, it's like but nobody wants to watch. But that. nobody that's wants to watch because that's not sexy. Right. Like, that's yeah. not sexy. Like the like the, the sticking a camera over a guy's shoulder and him being like, well, I'm not going to chase today because uh, I don't chase like I'm just I'm a disciplined sports better. There's that's not sexy, you know, so yeah. they got to do a little bit to, to make it a little bit more sexy. And, you know, I, I, I do understand that from a from a producer standpoint you can't just put uh, you can't put the well-adjusted guy on there because people are like well this is no fun that guy's got his shit together you know <laughs> like yeah so uh but all in all uh, good episode number three looking forward to the conclusion there in episode four so brett before we get out of here what can folks find on the lines and play picks this week when it comes to the masters and and all things sports betting Oh, yeah, a lot of Masters content coming this week. Uh, we should have a lot more information from the books as far as where the money is coming in on some of these golfers, maybe help you uh, put together who you want to bet on and where the the odds are moving in your favor or against you. Um, also, it's tax season. We've got some tax uh, tax stories coming up, uh, definitely some, some stuff that can help you as far as planning for next year. And if you haven't got your taxes done yet this year, uh, some stuff that can help you uh, before – April 15th comes around. So uh, mostly mostly master stuff, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about Thursday and uh, I'm really glad we got to talk golf for most of this episode. Absolutely. Guys, if you I don't know how you found us, but if you found us, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review. You can head to our YouTube channel as well. That is just YouTube 
youtube.com forward slash play picks and we have tons of videos on there please subscribe there as well and on the twitter machine at the lines us at brett colson at matt brown m2 for brett i am matt see you guys next week